welcome to episode 167 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. I'm tired. It's been a week. <laughs> it's been... It no... has been a week, guys. Nothing happened for me personally this week. It was like a non-week. People could ask me what I did and I had no good answer, but it's just tiring. I'm tired. Yeah. It's October. <laughs> Welcome so to October. Happy Halloween. Welcome to October. We get yeah. to skip Halloween. It's very sad. No, we get to celebrate it every day. That's, yes, sure. Yes. Optimism. Mm-hmm. Optimism's a thing. I'm already behind in my Inktober drawings. Oh, fantastic. How yeah. long did that take? A day. <laughs> oh we forgot we never got any over unders on that <laughs> that's right <laughs> people were like what's the point he's gonna give up yeah. immediately literally october 2nd i was already <laughs> off schedule so proud i finished of you. the first one at like eleven fifty-eight on on the first <laughs> so proud of you yeah. camera it's a very very proud of you uh but we are back of course this week to talk more justice league uh we're talking it's gladiator in space this week folks it's, it's thor ragnarok it's war world <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, we'll have uh, some plugs, a question from Cameron, some notes from friends. Before that, uh, a little bit of news. A little bit. Relatively sparse, I'd say, news mm-hmm. this week. Well, something that greatly affected you. <sighs> and I, yes. I, I, I am very sorry for your loss. Uh, momentary. I know. So uh, uh, no one will be surprised to hear that I was saddened at the news that No Time to Die, the next James Bond film, has been pushed mm-hmm. to April 2nd of 2021. Yes, we um, have no time for Bond. We have no time for him. Uh, well, that, actually, now he has plenty of time, though. Mm-hmm. He's got more than enough time, um, which basically makes it a essentially a full year delay. And actually, it was already delayed once before all of COVID. It was supposed to come out... November of 2019 right. and then after Carrie Fukunaga came on they pushed it and they pushed it <laughs> and they've pushed it but I mean, I feel like every movie now has had the year push pretty much yeah we, I mean, we yelled at fast for being the first to announce a year delay I I had a little party all to myself we so. yelled at Jungle Cruise for pushing it a year back yeah it was because okay. I mean it was smart those are those are summer movies you can't really make a Jungle Cruise experience in, you know, a Thanksgiving setting. No. Look, I, at the end of the day, like, this is actually a good thing. We, we were just talking about this. Like, I'm fine with everything getting pushed, including Bond, because, mm-hmm. as I discussed, I would have gone and seen it, and it would have killed me. Yes. And this is no But what time. a way to go. It's, but it's no time to die, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> it's no time to die. Uh, we are now... Or is it a great time to die? It's a great time. It's a great time. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, We're now waiting because we assume Wonder Woman will get pushed once again. And Dune. And Uh, Dune. Yes. Yes. But the only one that is still set for November, I don't think I've heard anything change, is Disney's Soul. I think the the rumor at this point now is that might get put onto Disney Plus. I think I think so as well. I think that is going to be the new test run since Mulan did not go well. Yeah, exactly. And and I think evidence that Disney did not like how things went with Mulan is that all the Marvel stuff got pushed pretty much immediately after the fact, which I'm going to just chalk that up to proof that my theory was right all along yes. that it was a test bed. I mean, I I would be happy to see Soul. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about it. It I mean, it it's also disappointing. It's Pixar. You know, that's the sort of movie that, you know, would normally do very well at the box office. Absolutely. So it's a little disappointing to see it um, not go there. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm I'm more, would, I would just be happy to see that movie more so than caring whether it goes to uh, 
theaters or not. So Well, it's also still in such a great time slot, and now being alone in the time slot, it is the post-Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. So I don't know how many people will be spending Thanksgiving with their family this year. I assume most everyone is now kind of accustomed to flying again. Yeah. Um, I think you can do it reasonable the yeah. flying thing so but you know the reason movies come out at thanksgiving is after that first couple hours you've you've burned through all your family topics and you don't know what to do anymore yeah maybe this is just my family <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can always talk cars and star trek and stuff yes. like that with my family mm-hmm. so it's, but i mean it's like good. extended family oh yeah i mean uh yeah mm-hmm yeah, actually, well, no, I, I, I'm lucky that I actually get along very well with my extended family, and they're they're a fun group of people. So, yeah. but that's because we all share like a really absurd sense of humor. Okay, that's so. Good. Yeah, so it's basically just who can make the most inappropriate joke until my grandma tells us to shut up. That's nice. And then we just keep going anyways. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. Who respects their elders in this cult, in this country? <laughs> hey, she taught us how to swear, <laughs> so it's fine. That's not that's not a Western ideal. We got it from her. <laughs> Love her. Oh. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm sure if Disney still puts it, you know, if they do the twenty five or thirty dollar movies on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. it'll still get a lot more traction because it is in such a favorable spot. Yeah, I think so, and and I think it has an advantage over Mulan, which is like, why would you pay thirty bucks for a movie that you can just watch that's already exists for free yeah. as an animation form? Whereas, like, Soul is something completely different and unique, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to help them a lot. Yeah, so. it's new. Yeah. You can't just watch La La Land, because it's different. And also, it's terrible. Yes. So. <laughs> I forgot you don't like La La Land. I don't like La La Land. I really enjoyed it. No, I I, I was the I went and saw it with a, a gaggle of gays, and I was the only one who walked out and went, that was fucking crap. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. Is it because Ryan Reynolds didn't take his shirt off? One, it's Ryan Gosling, not Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, Ryan Gosling didn't take his shirt off? Uh, did he not? He must have at some point. I don't think so. I don't remember. I mean, he still looks good in a suit. Now, look, okay. I'll do this very, very quickly. My problem with La La Land is twofold. One, oh. it just forgot to be a musical after the first act. Because <laughs> it did. Like, the first act is like an actual, like, good modern musical. And then it just yeah. stops. Oh, my being... God. The, the dance number where they're all in the colored dresses yeah. is so pretty. Exactly. It just, then it just, it stops being a musical. Yeah. And it was clearly made by people who forgot what it's actually like to be, like, living in L.A. and struggling to get into the industry. Because everything just goes the way they want it to. And there are no real stakes or consequences at the end of it. Well, the stakes and consequences are how do we balance success and more success with also being in a happy relationship? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's like, well, I guess even though we've been doing it decently for the past two years, I guess it's time to give it up. Yeah. Now I'm too successful. And like people will claim like, oh, like they and I guess fucking spoilers for La La Land, if you care, like they sacrifice their relationship for their careers. But I'm like. The thing is, if you've seen Whiplash, which was Damien Chazelle's previous film, like mm. that really shows like the oh, cost God, of ambition yeah. in a really perfect way. And it's kind of a cautionary tale. Whereas La La Land's like, don't worry. If you're like one of the most beautiful people in Los Angeles, everything will work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that film. Anyway. <laughs> that, that connects very closely to one of my plugs. That, oh, good. Because <laughs> uh, I, I use like. Devil Wears Prada as the as the like the the midpoint for all these kinds of films. Yeah, uh, as the comparative point, 
Um, because the friends are the real enemy in that movie. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because people look at doing well in your career, focusing on your career, is such a bad thing. Yeah. It's like you have never been to New York or LA. Ex- except for all of us that have like spent the last few years focusing on our career and then now find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic being alone. Like, oh, maybe we made some bad yeah, calls. Yeah, maybe we did something maybe wrong. we should have done uh, things I'll differently. I'll do an early plug because it's, it's another one of my famous anti-plugs. Okay. But I started watching Emily in Paris, the new Netflix show. Is that the Lily Collins? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so bad. Oh, really? It's atrocious. Oh, but it's no. it's like a very fun to watch kind of bad. Okay. It's, it obviously takes place in Paris. Yes. Um, and they make sure you know that because no matter where she is, the Eiffel Tower is always in the background. <laughs> it just photoshops in the background. It is. It really is. <laughs> Somehow she's like having dinner at the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower. You can still see the Eiffel yeah. Tower. In the distance. Yeah, but it it is so, like, mean, rightfully so, mean to Americans. Oh, we deserve it. And that. every person that comes, like, why do you care so much about work? It's like, yeah. well, I like work. It's like, no, you don't know how to have fun. Yeah. It's like, fuck, yeah, they're right. Yep. We have a toxic work culture in this country. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, comparing it to Devil Wears Prada, it's like, oh, yeah, this, it's, it's, it's the same story. It's the same but story. no one is likable. Right, of course. <laughs> That's always what you want from your movies. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, some other little bit of things here. Um, oh, a, a piece of news that I was very, very excited about because I'm always banging on about this character. But we got our casting announcement for Miss Marvel. Yes. Yes, for the uh, the Disney Plus series um, coming down the pipeline soon here. And so it's going to be um, newcomer Amon Vellani is going to be uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. I'm really excited for this show. Same. It's probably... Maybe the one I'm most excited for. I mean, to be fair, I'm very excited for WandaVision because mm-hmm. we've seen a little bit. Did from we talk it. about Nick Fury last week? We didn't because it's. I don't think it's been officially confirmed. I think it's still a rumor. And as much as I can, I try to avoid rumors and speculation. But don't worry, we'll we'll get to some of that in a little bit. Okay. Here. But yeah, I mean, there's the the rumor. I I don't know if it's actually been confirmed yet that they're going to do a Nick Fury Disney Plus series. Okay. Well, enough people are talking about it. I just assume it's that's real. well. That's the thing. Well, if enough people talk about it, we just assume it's true. Yeah. The power of the power of uh, rumor. I guess exactly the power of our rapid, inaccurate news cycle. Um, but no, I mean this is going to be great. I love that it's a newcomer that they've cast. I think um, you know Disney and Marvel are really good about giving opportunities to young unknown actors mm-hmm. to really make their marks I yeah think. i mean who was chris evans before this i mean just the super hot guy from fantastic four and not another teen movie and the losers and scott pilgrim and the, oh that's right oh he that's right he was just, <laughs> he was just that super hot guy and all those relatively well-known things and and um push yeah and push, push. yeah yeah he'd never been a superhero he'd before. never been a hot superhero before and what's your number and oh that's right anna ferris yeah <laughs> But no, I think this is going to be great. And then, um, you know, kind of along those lines, a few weeks ago, they made some other announcements about the creatives, and we decided to wait on that until we got the the cast, which luckily came out recently. So uh, the directors from Bad Boys for Life. So Adil L. Arby and Bilal Falah are going to be two of the directors, um, as long as a two-time Oscar-winning documentary filmmaker, Sharmin uh, Obeid Chinoy. And then we also have Mir Menson, whose credits include The Walking Dead, The Punisher, Titans, Dirty John, and oh. Outlander. Let's just maybe cut out the the Titans part of there. But like this is, I think, really good. Like there's some super talent behind the camera now at this point. Um, newcomer coming in, people. Yeah, like really talented, experienced people. And I, I just, I love this character so much. I read, I think, the first seven volumes a couple years ago now, 
um, at this point. And they're great. They're great stories. She's such an interesting character. Like, you know, it's super easy at this point to be like, oh, it's another Spider-Man ripoff because it's, you know, a young teen superhero trying to balance their identity and their, their life and school and everything like that. But the uniqueness of her story and the fact that she's Muslim and how that affects her relationship with her family and with the rest of the world and her role as superhero um, and her, like, complex, like, mentorship with Captain Marvel. It's all really, really cool, interesting stuff. And I'm super excited for this show. Yeah, same. Yeah. I oh, cannot, cannot And, and I feel it. like the teen aspect, Marvel does so much better at doing that in a series format. Yeah. Because, like, I, I will continue to go back to it because I think it is the best interpretation of Spider-Man in the past 10 years, not counting into the Spider-Verse. Right. But uh, Ultimate Spider-Man with mm. Drake Bell. Yeah, you've said that one's really good. It, I mean, it's I mean, so much fun because they they nail, they focus so much more on the high school aspect than the superhero aspect. Yeah. Which I think is what we need right now. No, and I, and I think it just makes it more interesting. And mm-hmm. it, it sort of adds value to making a serialized story. You know, we even talked a little bit about that with Batman Beyond, that we kind of wished that there were times when it dived a little bit more into his high school life. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of episodes that really kind of cross between those two. And yeah, Marvel is really good at doing that, and I think a series will will serve this character well. And then, and and bef- there's also the idea like, oh, maybe she's just getting relegated to TV, but Kevin Feige has said multiple times that this character will also be featured in the movies going forward. I think it's a good balance. It's yeah. to like give her a show to really like flesh out her world and her unique story. And then be able to drop her into movies. It's yeah. going to be great. Well, also, she is such a fairly unknown character. I think I think Marvel is doing their best to stay away from origin films now. I think so. They're so deep into their world. Yeah. And and they have a unique opportunity to do origin series, mm-hmm. which can work really well, and then be able to move those characters around. Yeah, it was great for Daredevil. Yeah, and I mean Daredevil. I think of all those characters the one I wanted to see most make the transition over. Although I do love Jessica Jones, even if I stopped watching. Yeah. I stopped well, watching all of them. To yeah. Be honest. Same. Well, so. but, but also Daredevil has the biggest opportunity because of She-Hulk. That's true. You yeah. Know, she works with uh, Murdoch fairly often. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would love it if like without telling anyone all of a sudden, like She-Hulk shows up on Disney plus and there's fucking Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. <laughs> I would honestly really love that. I think he's great in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you're okay with parallel casting. What? Connecting to our next point. Parallel casting. Casting from one dead franchise, but keeping the same oh, character to the next. God, okay. I was trying to get a, I was trying to give you a segue, Chris. <laughs> I didn't understand that it's like it, parallel casting, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe you would have picked up on it. <laughs> I, well, I did it. I just dropped it. Yeah. Entirely. Okay, yes. Ugh. All right, we're gonna get into this. So Jamie Foxx might be back as Electro in the There's next enough Spider-Man rumor. movie. I'm going to say he is. Well, okay, because I, like I said, I, as much as possible, try to avoid talking rumors here, try to keep it just like official press releases. Yes, but I want to talk about but it. You want to talk about it. Also, like, I guess Jamie Foxx, like, put out something that more or less confirmed it on his Instagram and then deleted it. Was it also a dick pic? God, I, I would I would check that out. Why, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> is, that, is that how they're doing it now? Now I care. <laughs> <laughs> I god damn it. The thing is, this is part of the reason I'm so fucking tired, if I'm gonna be honest. It's like, and we're we're gonna keep this just purely in regards to entertainment news, but extrapolate all you want. I'm so fucking tired of our news cycle. It's so rapid, 
it's so based on like rumor and innuendo and speculation and very rarely on like actual legitimate hold card, like fact and mm-hmm. proper announcement. And so like when this is happening, I was like, cause Jason, our friend messaged me about this. And my response is like, I'll wait till the press release. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I don't, I don't care to sit and like wallow and speculate and like what this all means, what the implications are until I know it's actually going to happen. And then I'll let that mental exercise yeah. go. Cause until then it's just exhausting. Well, cause especially with Marvel, Marvel's always been very set when they make an announcement, they will follow through. Yeah. And so having them kind of have this DC style, wishy-washy, will they, won't they situation. It's just, it's just tiring. And look, amazing Spider-Man two is a, Fucking awful film. I I genuinely failed to recall one good thing in the entire movie. Okay, hold on. No, that wasn't the first one. Yeah, I don't. Because mm. I was gonna say when he like does the that cool like he he spider like he he shoots his web at her hip and spins her in and they do the cute kiss. And like that's a cool moment, but that's in the first. That's one. That's the first one, yeah. yeah. The, yeah when yeah, yeah. Uh, he's fighting the lizard in the school, and Stan Lee's in the foreground with his headphones yeah, yeah, on, yeah, back. I mean, that's one. a good moment. That's yeah, also yeah. the first one. I even kind of like his his uh, his uniform, his like his costume in the first one. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. The second one is just like a very <laughs> generic spider costume. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got nothing. There's nothing good about that film. Shh. And look, it, oh wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have one. Mm-hmm. I have what is the thing that I can always pull from a bad movie and still enjoy, Cameron? Gwen Stacy's death. Yes, they did a great job with that. No, what is it? What is the actual thing I could always pull from a bad movie and still love? Um, oh god, who who played the Rhino? No, god damn it, Paul Cam- Paul G. Matty. No, it's the score, Cameron. Oh, it's, yeah, it's always the score. The score. Yeah. I can I can forgive a bad film if it has a good score. And Hans Zimmer's Electro Suite, which is kind of bad, is the one that like it's just all this muttering going on. It's like. <laughs> Electro blah 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 That's lightning something I don't know what's happening That song is like A great fucking pump up song Like you throw that on To get some work done My god You can just bang out A shitload of words Okay Yeah That's the one good thing About that movie Alright I'll check it out Yeah but you know What's not a good thing In that movie Jamie Foxx is Electro <laughs> Paul Giamatti <laughs> Nor is Paul Giamatti How would I ever Paul Giamatti's great He's good in everything he does <laughs> I Okay I'm gonna let you Take away the speculation Cause like I said I'm tired I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have A little nap here While you Yes, yeah, so it is It is rumored right now that um, Jamie Foxx's Electro will reappear as Electro still in the new Marvel Spider-Man universe. Uh, yes, thank you for asking, Chris. I think it's because uh, one, of, one of, you know, there there's kind of two thoughts that I have about it. There's either the, like... Um, they're going to use this one character as the bridge to the multiverse, which doesn't really make sense, but sure. Why not? Uh, my other thought is, you know, when Sony was working with amazing Spider-Man, they were very much set up for a third with the sinister six. And they maybe brought everyone in with multiple contracts. And Jamie Foxx might've signed on for like a two to three movie deal. And it might just be easier or even cheaper for them to keep him on for another film instead of trying to cut his contract. Um, but we also know that Marvel doesn't skimp out on money ever in Disney, but, but also Disney is in a very shitty spot right now. They did just fire 28,000 people. Yeah. Let's, let's sink that in. Disney fired 28,000. 
thousand people this week and then blamed it on Gavin Newsom, yep. the governor of California. We're just trying to keep people safe. Yeah. Yep. I all all my friends are fired. I, and it, it it hurts right now. It's been a this, very bad week. This is why we're so fucking tired. Yeah. It's just like how in a single day, how many things can come out that just make you go, oh. Yeah. Fuck. Um, but you know, Jimmy Fox is also still I would consider him a, a box office pull. Like, yeah. I, I feel like with the Electro specifically, like while the hardcore fans like us <clears throat> really look down on that character, I feel like the general audience has probably already forgotten it. And so, it get, you know, it's very easy for them to just rewrite and re you know, and kind of remake the same thing. Maybe give a better special effects artist the, yeah. the task. I, I just, I, I would have loved for them to do something different. Yes. Here. You know, that, that's been the cool thing about the last two films is that they have delivered villains we haven't seen yet in a Spider-Man movie. And they've done really great jobs mm-hmm. with both of them, too. Well, we, isn't it supposed to be Craven? Or is that just our fan casting? That, that is what everyone wanted it to be. And just that you could very easily see how Craven could work well in the spider-man story that is teed up at the end of the last yes, one yes the now exposed peter parker exactly so and you know and but and there's also of course like the sony's doing a craven movie with jc that's Shandor, what i'm thinking and so yep. it's like Sorry, that, that's yeah so it's like the idea with. is like oh it, it's it's so Wait, who is playing him no no no. jc shander is the director on it oh i said jeffrey tambor Je- oh <laughs> like, no, no. It, what? no 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 <laughs> no 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 I seem to recall you suggested Oscar Isaac would be great. As oh, that's a good one, yeah. Craven the Hunter. And I am here for but, it. But I mean, he's no Jeffrey Tambor. No, no <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. Hunter. Uh, yeah, all I ask is that they do end up casting Oscar Isaac, that I, I'm going to make the same plea that I did with Aldous Hodge last week for Hawkman, is give us the most bare-chested comic actor costume possible. Yes, just the boa. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Just the boa and, and, the, and the cheetah speedo. Exactly. Also, he's got great hair, Oscar Isaac. He, he does. He, his, his Craven hair would be fucking immaculate mm-hmm. um yeah so i i just i wanted them to do something different and i just i don't i don't care i don't care about electra i don't care about bringing jimmy fox back i don't care about the possible spider-verse crossover implications now we're getting into flashpoint territory i'm just like I, ugh. yeah but I'm i tired. mean we we we've been trying to figure out not we I feel like the entertainment industry has been trying to figure out how to do multiverse for years now. And with Into the Spider-Verse explaining it, I mean, not at all. They don't explain it at all. They're just like, hey, if you get it, great. If you don't, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Which is what we've been wanting. Like, we've we've been tired of of movies, like, dumbing themselves down for the lowest Do you know what an EMP is, Cameron? How how an EMP works? How can you explain it to me? No, I can't. In a 15-minute scene? Yeah. But I can give you a list of many movies that'll explain it for you. Yes. So over and over again. Over and over again. Yeah, I uh I don't know. It just again, I I I like Jamie Foxx in general, although he wasn't great in that movie, and I imagine in, in better hands he could be good. I honestly hope this isn't true and we get something different instead. I, I want a villain we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. that's gonna feel like fresh and unique and different and we're not bringing in the, the baggage of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, do you have one in mind? Nope. Cool. Just give me something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Craven would be, I think, my top choice. I think he'd be the most interesting. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do Craven? Do Because oh, we have Scorpion. What's-His-Face coming in his solo film soon. 
Um, That's helpful. Yes. Sony is putting out another villain story of Vampire Dracula Man. Oh, um, Morbius. Morbius, thank you. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, exactly. With yet another person trying to make us care about Jared Leto. Um, yeah, nah. Mm-hmm. Pass. Hard pass on that one. Yeah. But hey, it's it's connected because the trailer showed Michael Keaton. They did. Black Cat? No. Black Cat could be interesting. Yeah. But also, like, I like the Zendaya relationship so much that I don't necessarily want to see Black Cat thrown in to, like, mess with that. Mm-hmm. So, because I feel like it would just be, like, a love triangle thing. And I don't I don't really need that or want that from this Spider-Man. Yeah. So, But what if what if instead it's uh, Tom Holland trying to stay faithful and now it's just another girl just, like, getting up in this business? And we get to see, like, awkward, awkward teen boys. Like, no, thank you. I have a girlfriend. And, and then Zendaya pops out, like, I never labeled us anything. Why are you labeling us? He's like, I have a friend that's a girl, <laughs> and she lets me kiss her sometimes. I mean, let, let's be honest. The, the reason they would never do that storyline is because that version of Spider-Man, like Tom Holland himself, couldn't keep a secret. Yeah, so even, yeah, sure. even if he like held hands with the girl, like even if he like actually brushed against her hand walking down a hallway, he would like feel like gills written and just like spill it accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who the fuck knows? We'll come back in a week's time and either this will have been confirmed or completely dis- like disproven. Yeah. Kevin Feige, just like, just give us a call. Put up, put us at ease. Yeah, just please before next Sunday, put out official press release so we don't mm-hmm. have to speculate anymore. Uh, all right. Well, anything else newsworthy, or should we just go ahead and get into some some War World, some Gladiator in space? Uh, let's let's talk about Thor Ragnarok. Okay. So yeah. So all right. So this <clears throat> week, Justice League, it is War Worlds. So this sees Superman and Martian Manhunter captured and taken to the planet War World. Uh, an impoverished planet ruled by Mongol, who placates his starving, struggling people with gladiatorial games, uh, while Green Lantern and Hawkgirl set off to find their teammates Superman is put into the games to compete against the reigning champion, Draga. Yes. Like I said, it's Gladiator in space. It is. I So when, when we first meet Mongol, I understand this is supposed to be a Gladiator reference, but I want to pitch to you a different character to compare him to, and then maybe you'll enjoy this a little bit more. Okay. Because around the same time this episode came out, we had another show sweeping the nation with a host that is now forming his own miniature militia of Fear Factor's Joe Rogan. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Oh, I, I... You don't know the Joe Nation Army? Or Joe Rogan Army? But you, do you mean like... Is it a literal militia? No. Okay. No, we internet get, militia. Okay. We, we got... Well, hang on. But like, <laughs> we got to be very specific with our use of the word militia right, these so days. Right. Sorry. I forgot that those actually exist now. Yeah, I can't just make a joke. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I was having a conversation last night with some friends. They made references to like... Apparently, there's like some like like abandoned Nazi like compound out in the Palisades somewhere. And I had to ask, like, can you clarify, when you mean Nazis, do you mean, like, original Nazis? Like, modern Nazis. And apparently it was original Nazis. Like, a bunch okay. of, like, Nazi sympathizers in the, the, the 30s and 40s in Hollywood, like, ran off into the Palisades and built themselves a compound. And then they were, like, shut down because they were Nazis. And then a bunch of hippies came in, but didn't, like, destroy the swastikas, which seems weird because you would think, like, it's a very contrasting ideology. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What I'm basically saying is like, we have this point now where you have to like specify like what you mean by militia because we have actual real fucking militias. Sure. No, <laughs> I, I want you to compare Mongol to 
Fear Factors Joe Rogan. Oh, and his his podcast army? Yes. Yes. And then Mongol seems a little bit funnier to me. I mean, I do kind of love the idea of seeing like uh, a funnier die sketch of like Joe Rogan as Mongol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see him actually cast in the movie itself. No. No. No, no, no. But, you know, Mongol Mongol would host a podcast for his people. Oh, he would. Anything to entertain his poor, starving homeless people it would be insufferable that podcast yes <laughs> god i mean i guess that makes it slightly better i suppose <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's a story before you fight you must eat the centipede right of course <gasps> the crowd gasps yes uh that's a hundred legs <laughs> you must dive off this cliff into this pool be totally <laughs> safe it is six feet six feet yep i the thing is, we, we've seen stories like this so many times. You referenced Thor Ragnarok. I referenced Gladiator. Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Um, it, I found these episodes really dry and boring and forgettable. I, fall, I fell asleep multiple times. I had to rewind a lot to keep up with this. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of joking comparisons to Ragnarok and Planet Hulk, but this did come first it did yeah so we we do have to look at it from the lens of pop culture at the time but it did come after gladiator it did but gladiator was still all the rage i i still hold my point that gladiator is what changed film the most over dark knight i disagree but that'll be a conversation for a separate time yes so gladiator brought in the gritty dark you know over realistic tone Mm mm-hmm um, that, that Chris Nolan, I think just perfected. Have you seen Gladiator? I have. Okay. It seems like a movie you wouldn't have seen to be no, fair. No, I have seen that one recently. Okay. Yeah. In the past like five years I watched I it. I mean, I would have judged you, but also I only saw it for the first time, maybe like, yeah, six or seven years ago mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So. No, I saw that one. It was pretty good. Yeah. I, at, at one point in my LA career, I tried to watch the IMDb top 250. How'd that go? I made it like four films in. Well done. But Gladiator was one of those four. Hey, well, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And clearly high on the list. Yeah, it was it was that Shawshank and Godfather. Yeah, um, have you seen the Godfather Part Two? No, it's great. I've heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I did watch a video where they explained how the Coppolas took over Hollywood. That was really fun. I mean, everyone's a Coppola. Yeah, I yeah. know how many: Francis Ford Coppola, Sofia Coppola, Nick Cage, mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, that's the one I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing others. Sofia Coppola. I said Sofia Coppola. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever had yeah. any Coppola wine? I've not. It's actually pretty good. Okay. I've been to like his winery up in Sonoma. It's a nice place. Really good food. I didn't realize going back to this episode, um, the guy that voices Mongol. Yeah. What's his face? Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, brother of Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Father of uh what's her bucket? Emma Roberts. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that shocked me this morning. Yeah. Also <laughs> Did he... not realize Emma Roberts was related to Julia Roberts. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and he's Sal Maroney in the Dark Knight. Yeah, I knew that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. I love these Eric Roberts. Yeah, these Hollywood families, man. He, but he like these. There's also like three other Robertses I didn't realize oh, they're all there's, related. There's, there's so many Roberts. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Sarsgaards all over again. <laughs> the Sarsgaards, <laughs> Sarsgaards. <laughs> Except for Peter Sarsgaard, who's not a Sarsgaard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but is there a Roberts who's not a Roberts? Because there's a Baldwin Ooh, who's not a Baldwin. That's true. Adam Baldwin's not a Baldwin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to find a Roberts who's not a Roberts. Uh, you must have also discovered this week because you also listen to Weekly Planet. The Jack Quaid of the boys is the son of Dennis Quaid. I, I I didn't listen to the episode, but I knew that. Oh, you didn't know that? I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because he's the the kid of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, and and I don't mean to be mean to Jack Quaid, but I don't think he is as good looking as you would expect 
a kid from those two people to be. Is it the same? Is it the Colin Hanks thing? I mean, Colin Hanks is handsome. Yeah, but I feel like with his parents, he could have been more handsome. I think he's as handsome as both his parents. Okay. Yeah, I think he's on par. And again, I'm not trying to like slander Jack Quaid. He's a good actor. He's cute. Yeah, he, 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 like, has, he has the like the Andrew Garfield thing going for him. I mean, no, he's, he's like, like, like cute scrawny. But Andrew Garfield's like very handsome. Yeah, that's true. That hair man. He's got great I, I, hair. I, I, met, I was trying to go for like a Peter Parker comparison. Well, yeah, Peter Parker, like, yeah, like Peter Parker is supposed to be like averagely attractive, mm-hmm. which I guess that's like how you describe like Jack Quaid. Yeah. But like Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, especially like back in the day, were like oh, two yeah. of the most attractive people after, on the I, fucking after planet. After just watching Parent Trap. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, man. Oh. It's a daddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, not normally my thing, but yes, daddy. <laughs> What were we talking about? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Eric Roberts. I feel like Eric Roberts wasn't really Eric Roberts singing up in this. Like he kind of, I I only knew it was him because I looked at the credits. I didn't listen to it. Like, oh yeah, like he's like really. Well, it's because it's Joe Rogan from Fear Factor. That's true. <laughs> but like, Eric Roberts normally like has this like he brings this like this like gritty, grimy like kind of like greasy tone. Yeah. And he like he just gives off this like very Eric Roberts vibe. Yeah, it's very it's it's very New Yorker without the accent. Yeah, it's kind of muted here. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't maybe that's part of the reason I didn't really care about this episode is I didn't think Mongol was super interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's no He's no dark side. No. And that's the thing is he can, he can often comes off as just like a half-assed dark side. And he comes off as like a quarter-assed dark side here. Yeah. Because in, from my understanding, Mongol is supposed to be like one of the strongest beings in the universe. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Young Justice does a really good job with him. Like, yeah, I the, love the, yeah, that's how I know the most about Mongol is through Young Justice. Yeah. Cause I think, and I don't remember how it works in the comics, but in Young Justice, the world world, it's like an actual literal planet destroying planet. Yes. Whereas here it's a gladiatorial game planet basically. And then he happens to have a planet killer device, but it's not, I never felt the threat of that really. Or I think part of the problem here too is, I never felt like anyone's any real danger. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess this episode got a lot of flack when it came out for this exact reason, that Superman feels maybe one, like the most egregiously depowered we've seen him yet in Justice League. And even in comparison to the animated series, we did it a lot. You feel like they needed to come up with some sort of justification as to why he gets his well, ass just, handed to him yeah, so just, easily. Just give the one line, oh, there's no yellow sun here. Yeah, make it an orange sun. It's halfway in between, and so his powers are a little bit are muted. Dulled. And because yeah. they, they say like Martian Manhunter's like, oh, my powers are being affected, and they never explain. It he just says there's something in the atmosphere that's hampering his abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem this episode had. It's like why you took your two most powerful characters and you put them in a situation that he could normally very easily escape from. So you had to justify depowering one of them when you probably would have been better off justifying depowering Superman. Cause I think in this case, Superman is the right choice to have show up on this planet. He's the one who's most likely to be like, no, I will stay and participate in these games to try and prove to the people that their government, like the, their leader is bad for them. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. They should have had Superman. They should have depowered him. And then they could have thrown in literally anyone else there. They could have thrown in fucking the flash, for example, yeah. and it would have still worked or it could have, honestly, it could have just been Superman. I, I think it should have been Superman hot girl. 
I... Because they have such conflicting ideologies. I agree with that, but I will say the one thing these two episodes do well is that they do pair off GL and Hawk Girl yes. to let that chemistry start to build, which I do think is valuable and necessary and pretty much the only good parts of the episodes are that. Well, so, okay, so then you bring him in. Here's my rewrite. Superman and Hawk Girl get brought to War World. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both put in fights separately. Mm-hmm. So they're not fighting each other yet against kind of the the, the big arsenal of, of baddies. Okay. Superman is slightly depowered. Um, but I guess this is now kind of whatever. Um, you have hot girl who's just fucking going at it mm-hmm. and it's just loving that she gets to unleash. And she's like, no one, no one around here is going to tell me, is going to hold me back. Like the league has been holding me back since I joined. I don't feel like hot girl has that much ego though. But yeah, after smashing some guys though. I mean, the thing is she, she loves a good bar tussle as we yes. even see in this, but she, she doesn't to me give off that vibe of like feeling like she is being, restrained at all by the league. I, she doesn't seem the type to kind of hold on to that sort of resentment. She's just like, look, I'm here. I can kick the shit out of people. Let me do it if you want me to. If not, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she would try and start up her own coup. That I could based see. Based on yeah. violence. That, that's what I was trying to get at. She would start her own coup based on violence where Superman would be like, no, we have to like get to the problem at its root and then work out from there. Like we can't just overthrow and expect everything to go well after that. Like there's still many other problems we have mm-hmm. to deal with. I, mm, I kind of get you're going for, I feel like that their ideologies aren't far enough apart to make their goals different enough to create conflict. Okay. Um, I don't fucking, I'm not going like to have a good answer in response yeah. to that. Well then though. green lantern comes and he's <laughs> the one that fixes everything. He just fixes it all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's because that's his fucking job. Let's go over this again. <laughs> this is his fucking job are is we, to deal with this shit but are we in his sector it, it doesn't matter you were the one that brought it up last time that he he was part of the fucking grand alpha council i mean i actually maddie brought maddie that brought up. it up last I, time I, I, I was just the messenger camera yeah <laughs> it's fucking guy's responsibility then <laughs> there is no guy in this universe i know let go of guy never after reading more comics about him, I really like Guy now. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really great. Well, I'm glad someone does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a great mini arc that I just finished reading uh, where Guy has been begging for a vacation and they just they don't ever let him have it. And so he just runs away from the Green Lantern Corps. And there's a whole vacation planet, which is just like constant beach. Yeah. Uh, and some I don't remember the guy's name. If you remember Emerald Knights... The, the the second Green Lantern animated film. Yeah. Uh, one of the sketches is about um, Mogo, the the planet, mm-hmm. uh, and they trap like the world's greatest bounty hunter. That's not Kanjar Rowe. No. Lobo. No. The, the third one. I, I, I'm out. Like Balthamet or whatever. That's not that. That, that <laughs> sure. <laughs> the thing is that sounds made up, but it sounds made up in the way that all comic book. Oh, names Balthamet are made up. is is a, a satanic god. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I really thought you were going to say a Dragon Ball Z character just there. Frieza. Shut up. <laughs> um, I'll, I will give you <laughs> pulls of actual, like, mythology. Yes. Uh, not The not Balthamet makes it off Mogo, and he wants to go and kill Guy, because I guess he's the one that put him there. Okay. Uh, and so Guy has to fight him without his ring, because someone else took it. Yeah. Because he was vacationing, he took his ring off. That sounds pretty great, actually. And so it's, it's but- fun to watch him just, like... Just straight up be a badass and knock out a guy not using his ring. Yeah. See, that sounds fun. Yeah. 
Because okay. he's he's super arrogant, but then you get to see like, oh, he's actually very good at what he does. Yeah. Nice. It's fun. Yeah. Guy's cool. How's a uh, how's a shirtless looking guy? He's at a beach planet, right? He must be shirtless. Oh, he looks great. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. he's ripped. Cool. Okay. He's he's like every other comic character. But he's got bad hair though. It's not that bad in the comics. They play it up immensely in the animated. It's it's not a bowl cut. Okay. Yeah. At least not like post two thousands guy. Okay. Like they make him look good. Because the um is it Young Justice when he's got more of like a normal kind of like military style crew cut happening? Yeah, that's more what it is. It's, oh, yeah. it's the tight sides, um, kind of aloof up. Okay, all right, so that works for me. Yeah, because I, I remember watching that episode of Young Justice, and be like, oh hello, where, where, where... no, yeah, hello, that, Daddy that, Guy Gardner. That is his normal look now. <laughs> I think the bowl cut was like his his early days, and then they bring it back as the as like the comic relief. Yeah, and Brave and the Bold, of course, had to do the, the bowl cut. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is his job. This is the Green Lantern's job is to deal with War World. Yeah. And, like, Gia, I mean, it was nice to have that moment where they, like, go to the other planet, and they're like, oh, it's a slave trade. It's, it's you know, it's it's a place called War World. He should know this. He should. He should already know all this stuff. I mean, maybe in this universe, he's just not good at his Even job. Even Thanagarian's probably, like, War World is famous across the universe people go and visit Warworld for their fights yeah people know mongol they fear mongol again which is why i thought he should be more like but, powerful again is that in the, i don't think i wouldn't consider that dcau continuity because not everyone it's knows not, not everyone knows where war world is and it does move it can't it does move around exactly so because yeah in this one it seems like it's a little more underground mm-hmm. like only like the cd people know where it yeah, is like have a flyer for it or something <laughs> yes a space flyer yes because neither gl nor hawk girl know where it is and they're the two that have spent the most time out in the universe mm-hmm. so you feel like either of them would look I, I think what we've what we're learning from watching these episodes is that john stewart love him to death is just not very good at his job he's not because maybe this explains why we heard nothing about him prior to justice league like we just assumed he was off planet like doing his shit maybe he just wasn't yeah maybe he's just too busy being an architect maybe he's just chilling he's just chilling out there being a, being a space architect yeah i mean that's what i would do if i were him sounds nice just hanging out with mogo the planet building planet yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's making buildings yes that are mogo sized well yeah i mean mogo does he it, it's all forest planet everything on the planet is alive yeah so he's like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a nice little like it's a little city you can play around with. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, you, you ever want to just like try and make your own natural disaster? Just like see what it's like to to crush a city. It's pretty cool. Like I do it all the time. I feel like you don't you don't get that opportunity very much. Are you saying that Mogo is just like a, an entire planet of like smash rooms? Like you can go. If you know about those, you can. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, like, you, you would go someplace and just like you know break things with like crowbars and bats and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mogo just a giant smash room planet. He could be. He could be. I mean, usually the the Green Lantern use him as like a prison planet. Okay. Uh, and so people don't realize they're stuck there, but they are. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it, it's all forest. Also, is is Mogo in the DCU continuity? I think so. They must mention him at least. I don't know. Someone let us know. Yeah. Because we Maddie. Don't. <laughs> you know. I say someone. I mean Maddie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, beloved Maddie. Uh, yeah, like. This episode plays that exact as you expect. Like Superman goes in, he defeats Draga in the the ring, and then he refuses to kill him. 
and leaving us with, I think, the worst cliffhanger ending we've had yet, which is just Superman saying no and Mongol saying, okay, shoot him. Superman getting shot at with a bunch of lasers that we already know won't kill him because we've seen them not kill him so far in this episode. Yes. And then but just, now there's more of them. There's like one more of them than there was before. And yes. then it just cuts to John, Jean in the audience going like, <gasps> and then we cut to the to be continued. I'm like, I actually like, cause again, I was like fading in and out when I was watching this. I had to like stop and like, wait, did I miss the cliffhanger? I had to go back and rewind. I'm like, no, nope, that was it. It was just that underwhelming. So we also know that Superman is a great fighter. And I've, I've made this comment before, but I'm tired of it just being a you punch me, I punch you yeah. sequence over and over again. Well, it does, <clears throat> in part one, it is that. His fight with Draga is you punch me, I punch you. But when we get to him fighting Mongol, it does get a little more choreographed, which a I enjoy. Bit, yeah. You, we get to see him <clears throat> use his combat skills. But also with the depowering thing, because I forgot to bring this up a second ago. When it is all aliens, I'm more okay with them kind of like, they're not really depowering him. We just don't, there's no comparative scale for how strong these guys are. We don't see them fight anyone else. And so we can't see like, oh, he just knocked a human 25 blocks. Okay. That is our power scale now. Yeah. And I, it's like, oh, Batman can punch him and it hurts. Okay. That's our power scale. Yeah. And I, that is a valid point. And I, I, you could kind of forgive the episode for just kind of rely on that idea that exactly the power scale shifts, you go into the universe. I just feel like they never fully justify why Superman is there to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's like they were kind of, they're constantly trying to write reasons for him to stay in this situation when he could just break out and escape. Cause like, even if it's just a matter of force field, Chris, Oh, fucking force field. But like, Look, even if it's just a matter of strength, Superman also has, like, speed and flight and fucking laser vision. Yeah. In a way that, like, even the other aliens who might be as physically strong as him or stronger than him don't. And I, I just never really bought... Okay, yeah, so he has to, like, try and find Johns. I guess that's, like, one of the reasons they justify him staying. And then he won't kill Draga, obviously. And I guess the other reason he ends up staying is to, like, try and help free this planet. But he's also not making really overt efforts to do that he's not out there like actively trying to be a champion it's more just that to save his life in the beginning of the second episode jean starts chanting he's a superman and all of a sudden now everyone loves him and they're spray painting his logo of the place and he becomes like this sort of inspirational figure yeah but it's not like he's actually being put in a position of power by the people or anything like that or that the people are starting to ignore mongol really it's all just like they needed it to go this way but they never really show it going that direction or justify why it's going that direction okay, i think I, that exacerbates the the power disparity yes here's another idea for you mm -hmm. this planet has the same problem as idiocracy they're all fucking stupid yes i mean it's very possible mm-hmm because, I mean, their whole life revolves around, fuck, I was about to say, their whole life revolves around entertainment. I'm like, fuck, that's us. Yeah, it is <laughs> God us. God yeah. damn it. I mean, look, <laughs> they, their whole life just revolves around bread and circuses. Uh, one of my favorite phrases, so. And what is that from? It's from the Roman time. So it was after the Roman Republic became the Roman Empire, there was a, a, a writer who was basically criticizing the Roman people for only caring about two things, bread and circuses. Um, essentially, it's a, it's a phrase that's often used to describe um, trivial things that are used to 
placate a group of people so they don't protest and rise up against the legitimate societal problems and structural problems that are in place. I like that. It, it has is, no it, connection to our current day. Yeah, it is an increasingly apropos phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's essentially what's going on here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's totally possible that that's, it, it's kind of true. That's all the people care about on the planet is just like whether they're entertained. And it, it, it basically works. Mongols, like, they won't care as long as I keep them, you know, entertained these gladiatorial games. And then Superman gives them just enough to kind of push up against. But yeah, then... because well, he stands up to Mongol. Yeah. Which is something that they'd never seen someone do before. Exactly. But then there's not, like... That idea isn't really given a lot of room to run. Like, the first episode feels like so much filler. And the second episode goes from Superman surviving the gladiatorial games and being spared. To now being the hero. Yeah, to now being up against Mongol in a fight. And there's not, we don't really see like that idea of him being an inspiration play out other than just a bunch of like a, an overabundant Superman symbols like spray painted around yeah, the city. Yeah, very V for Vendetta. Yeah, and it just, it feels like they dedicated time in the wrong spots here. I agree. Cause, I mean, again, this they were just writing gladiators. They just, they knew they had to eventually get Superman in the ring with Mongol in the same way that Maximus goes in with walking phoenix whatever mm-hmm. his name is um it's, it's Th- doesn't matter yeah it yeah. doesn't matter it's it just it, you know and then eventually green lantern and, and hot girl show up and help but <laughs> I, I mean yeah sure uh, there there was a moment that i thought was was funny and, and not fair when uh when gl and hot girl first make it onto the planet uh and they're fighting the three like homeless guys and John just straight up kills two of them. <laughs> and then Hawkgirl's about to kill. Cause like he throws them both against a wall and then pulls out a metal pole. And then all this, uh, Oh yeah. All the, the trash falls on top of them. That's right. Uh, but it's like metal and pointy and spiky. Uh, and then Hawkgirl's about to kill the third one. He's like, no, wait, <laughs> it's like, he literally just took out the other two. He's bad at his job. He's I mean, bad at his job. He's bad. John, I love you, but you're bad at your job, man. Uh, you really kind of are, you know. And so eventually, like I said, Green Lantern and Hawk Girl show up. They they basically go and help Jean take out the the planet killer weapon, which Mongol has threatened to use against Draga's planet, lest Superman fall in the fight. But then, of course, Draga himself shows up, and it's like, oh. Is he going to take out Superman or is he take out Mongol? Both, kind of. Kind of. He eventually ends up taking out Mongol, and then he becomes, I guess, the new leader of War Yeah, Worlds? they don't go into like how powerful that helmet is, which I feel like sh- should have happened for a quick second. Isn't it just a crown? No, that's what controls War World. Is that what contro- but is that what controls War World in this universe? I don't fucking know, Chris. All right. It does in every other iteration. <laughs> but, I love how the tables have turned. Because over the, the last four <laughs> years, it's always been you not knowing anything and doing no research. And now you've done an overabundance of research and having to go like, no, 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 no. That's not what happens here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Every other iteration, the crown controls war world. Can you do like the like the Goldilocks perfect level of research for the podcast? <laughs> no, because I don't research. <laughs> God damn it. I'm pretty sure... In this universe, Warworld is an actual planet, not a machine, the way yes. it is in the comics, and it is in uh, Young Justice, and that is just a crown. It doesn't actually control it. Fine. So, 
Yeah, which I think is also part of the reason this felt a little bit underbaked is because I've seen Mongol and Warworld done better more recently, obviously. Yeah. But this only made this episode just feel that much more like a um, a Gladiator ripoff. Mm-hmm. But we also know that Mongol is going to come back in a much better episode. Yes, One that we see is one of the best episodes in the DCA. Exactly. And I'm going to go ahead and say this now. I don't think this episode is necessary canonically for the man who has everything to make sense. No, it's not. Because I definitely watched that one first. Yeah. Thank God. And it all made sense without needing to see this. Thank God. Which means we can cut this episode out. Yes. (laughs) Because they are not particularly good. Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly don't have much more to say. My notes are basically just like two plot summaries and the phrase bread and circuses. There you go. So that's it. That's all I have. Uh, in the <laughs> in the comics, when he gets the S branding, um, what's his name? Rangor? Ragnar? Draga. Draga. Yeah, which my, my notes tab <laughs> kept trying to change to drag all yeah. the time. I was like, no, Draga. God damn it. Uh, Draga, it was a punishment for losing to Superman. He was branded with the S. Oh, or is here he like it's self-inflicted? Yeah, yeah. Still kind of a punishment, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, self-inflicted punishment. That was a, a, a unique difference. Okay, wait. Let's try to find one little thing in here that is good, though. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the uh, the chemistry between GL and Hawk Girl here? Um, it's uh, tense and sexual. Oh yeah, very sexual. Yeah, I I thought that their their banter, their flirtation was pretty good. You know. Like, I mean, I wouldn't think it's flirtation yet. They're they're pretty much at ends with each other right now. It's it's confrontational certainly, but like yes. with very but it strong. It does not retract from any of the sex. Oh no, it's very strong sexual undercurrents going on there. Which look, I get it. Those are two very attractive cartoons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was about to say people and realized I should just call it what it is. These are yep. cartoons. They are. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked how this episode handled that chemistry between those two. Mm-hmm. And if there was any one thing that might be worth keeping here, it's that. But I still think you can cut out the whole thing because we're going to get better chemistry between them later on. Yeah. So is there, okay, outside of GL and Hot Girls, or anything else about this you, you liked? I did like the, the very end Superman's quote to Mongol. It says, uh, the real test of honor isn't how you die, it's how you live. And it's one of those quotes that's like, well, duh. Well, yeah, I was like, great but i liked it. it it sounded poetic okay well i'm glad you liked it yeah i was just like i don't care so okay i, I have one more thought just now mongols overthrown and draga is the new leader of war world i westworld thank you i really don't think it's gonna get that much better no no he's gonna be a horrible he, ruler he doesn't seem like a good leader no not even a little bit. I mean, I guess... Superman really should have taken the reins on this one, at least for like a month, maybe. Yeah, I guess he does... Like show him what he's doing wrong. Because, like, he has compassion in the way that Mongol doesn't, because the only reason he was fighting the games was to save his own planet. Because I guess at one point, they said the Draga did try and rise up against Mongol. But yeah, not... would he just try and go home after that? I would think so. Like, I, I really don't feel like there's anything about him that screams, like, effective leadership. Mm-hmm. So, is he just going to try and replace the Gladiator games with a different bread and circus? Yeah. So it's going to go real into archery. <laughs> Out of that, or it's going to be just really good bread. Yeah. Just like maybe like a, a really nice, like fluffy fo- focaccia. Mm-hmm. So, you find out it's his, his, his world is actually just like really good bakers. Oh my God. I can totally see that. Yeah. yeah he, he... he was the outcast for being this like bulky man. <laughs> How do you like, think? <laughs> Like amazing fighters, like 
we can't use you in the kitchen. You're just going to be in the way. Get out of here. I mean, how do you think he lost that eye? Was it a tragic baking accident? It's always how it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that plant's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, on that note, shall we move on to some uh, some bat plugs here? Let's do it. All right, Cameron, what do you got for us this week? I did my half pitch of my anti-plug. Yes, of Emily course. in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so bad, Chris. Is it really bad? <laughs> it's oh. really bad, but it's very I, funny. I can skip it then, thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason to watch the show. Uh, but it is October. It is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying to, I, I tried to do it last year, but now I feel like I have a better list preset of, I'm trying to find different Halloween content okay. to watch. And now that we have 17,000 new streaming services, we have a lot more things at our fingertips. This is true. Um, so I started watching the first episode but on Peacock, Peacock has a great Halloween free repertoire right now. Oh, yeah, because they have all the Universal Monsters, too, They right? do. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good um, place to start. The only ones that are behind the paywall are the original Frankenstein and the original Wolfman. Okay. Everything else is is available. It has ads embedded, so like even having an ad blocker isn't going to help you. Yeah. Uh, but, you but, but that also means you can fast forward through them. Oh, that's good. Um, but it also has... All of the 80s Elvira episodes. Elvira was amazing. Yes. Because, yeah, I, cause I plugged her movie a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so where she got her visual start. Where did she get started? It, Groundlings. She's a Groundlings. Okay. Yeah. So she she did, she is an 80s character. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure she was at Groundlings the same time as Paul Rubens was. Okay, I mean, then I, who, who was it in the 60s that started? Because I know there was a character my mom always talked about because my mom uh way back when she was in high school she worked with one of the tv companies that did like these late night horror things yeah and it was another person that like rose from the other that would start with them rising from a casket and i thought that was always elvira i didn't realize how much more recent she was i mean there's the crypt keeper maybe that's what i'm thinking i don't know how far back that goes but yeah, I mean, I, she, uh, yeah, she would have been, I think, what, early 80s, I think, at Groundlings? Yeah, 81 was the, um, was the first episode. Okay. It's on, on Okay, Peacock. yeah, okay, yeah, so I guess, like, late 70s, early 80s would have been when she was creating the character at Groundlings, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been, yeah, because she started in TV doing, like, hosting Yeah, movies. yes, so it, it's very much a mystery science theater setup, where yeah. she introduces a B-horror film, mm-hmm. and then it's her kind of cutting back to her making fun of it. yeah. She's great. She, she is. And I, I didn't really know much. Honestly, I greatly underestimated the cleavage. Oh, it's, it is all cleavage. It is abundant. But, yeah. like, but it's also part of the character. Like, I think yeah. until I saw the movie, I'd always kind of written her off as being like almost like this pastiche, like this, this sort of like, um, like stereotype sort of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's just like this like sexy horror icon. I don't like what's going on here. And it wasn't until I watched the movie to realize, oh, no, like it's all part of the comedy, like the the overplaying the sexuality, is also part of the character and part of the joke, and it's baked in. Yes. Um. And she's really, really funny. She. I think. I think. My. I do enjoy it absolutely, mm-hmm. but I think the reason my vision of her was skewed differently was probably just because I watched the Adam Family first, mm-hmm. and I, I watched that October first, and I've I'd always heard that this version of Morticia was based off of Elvira. And so I was, or not no. based off of, but like, 
she was kind of the next stage sure, of Paul's reference. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was less than 10 years between the two. Yeah. And so I, I just always had that version of Morticia in mind for Elvira. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Oh, it's very different. It is very different. Yeah. But no, she, Elvira is super funny. That's good to know that all of those episodes are up on Peacock. Yeah. I don't know if all, there are 13. Okay. That are up. So I don't know how many there were back in the day. Okay. Wait, and then you watched um, Adam's Family. I did the live action movie. Yeah, have you seen great. it? Have you seen it before? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Those are both. Do you know there's a third one? No. What? There's Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values, and Adam's Family Reunion from 1998, which is supposed to be horrible. Who's in it? They recast everyone because oh. um, Gomez died in 1994. Yes. Yes. Raul so, Julia. Yeah. Here's here's the thing though. The reason I want to watch it. Who do you think they recast him with? Nicholas Cage. Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry is Gomez. But everyone else is gone. Oh, that. Ooh. And it looks, I watched the trailer for it. It looks so bad. Oh. But I have to watch it for Tim Curry. This is intriguing. Yes. Oh, Daryl Hannah. Uh, Oh, okay, I might be with you on that. It might be worth watching at some point. It just... was it was direct to video in 1998. Okay, ooh, uh, and I think it has like a one star on every review I've seen. Ooh, but Tim Curry. But Tim Curry, right? Yeah, just for the Gomez parts. Has has Tim Curry ever been bad in anything? He's in bad stuff. Yes, but I'm trying to think of him. Has he ever actually given a bad performance in something? I don't think so. Not that I can recall. But we also only see his big hitters. I mean, look, I have a soft spot for Mikhail's Navy with Tom Arnold. Okay, I've never even heard of this. So Mikhail's Navy was a show in the 60s, I want to say. But it was set during, pretty sure it was set during World War II, right? Um, But they did a, a remake of it, a movie remake in the 90s that they did with everything. And in it, Tim Curry plays the world's second greatest terrorist. And he's trying to become the world's greatest terrorist. And everyone makes fun of him for being the second greatest terrorist. And he plays it so well. Like, he's just constantly annoyed at people for not, like, giving him what he sees as, like, his due respect. Okay. And look, Tom Arnold, maybe not the best, but... In some ways, he can be funny. I love him in True Lies, for example. Um, also, that movie, uh, Mikhail's Navy, has like a really absurd cast of like people that were eventually going to go on to become fairly famous. Okay, so here, let me bring this up here. So it's 1970, 1997. Tom Arnold, Dean Stockwell, Deborah Messing, David Allen Greer, Tim Curry, Bruce Campbell, French Stewart. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Exactly. Like, the, the main cast is comprised of all of, like, you know, some pretty well-known comedy people. Uh, I don't know. It's not particularly good, but I have a soft spot for it. But, again, it's not a good movie, but Tim Curry is really fucking funny in it. So, all right. Maybe we'll make it one of our, our Halloween movie nights is to watch Adam's Family Reunion. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, what have, what have you been watching, listening, reading? Uh, so, I got two things. Uh, first is I'm going to, like, replug once again DuckTales. It's so good. It just keeps getting better. Um, I'm The reason I'm bringing it up now is literally this morning I watched the episode that teases Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. 
once again voiced by Jim Cummings. And then also it is the intro for Gizmo Duck. Yes. Who, voiced by Lin Manuel Miranda. I didn't realize it until the credits. I'm like, oh my god, of course it is. But it, it that like it is weird to say this, but that show is like per, like tonally perfect. Yeah. It, it's so visually fun to watch. It is it is bright, it is energetic, it is really funny, and it definitely lets itself be dark. Like it's a kid's show, but you know, the the threat of death is constant, you know, and like Scrooge's rival Flint Truck McGoldrick, I can't remember his name um, ever. Flim Flynn Hart. Oh, hold on. Yeah, you'll I'll let you hold look on. it up. But like, you know, his whole thing is he's constantly trying to kill Scrooge. Like they're not like, you know stepping around in any sort of way there's a great episode where uh the two of them get into a, a golfing tournament and they end up getting transported to like this other dimension and there's a bunch of um kelpies there which are, like horses that try and like get you to ride their backs and then they'll run into a lake and drown you and they just keep popping up trying to convince them to go for a ride and it's like super dark but super playful and funny flinhart glumgold glumgold yes. thank you glumgold um but like genuinely I kind of was planning on having that be like my um, like my half hour like lighter comedy that I'll usually try and pair with the drama, and I find myself just constantly watching it nonstop because it kind of delivers everything I want. Yeah, while still being like a kids show. It is it is a kids show, but Mike like it, that is it, sort of like shoehorning it into a category beneath its status. Like mm-hmm. it is actually legitimately like really really great. Um, like there are no bad episodes. They're like kind of like lesser forgettable ones, but then there are some great ones. Yeah. And I think I've already mentioned before, but the, the cast on it is just absurd. Like the, the, the normal voice cast is incredible. And then the guests they get in are unbelievable. Um, highly, highly recommend that again. I think I plugged it like three weeks ago, but I'm doing it no, again. I plugged it three weeks ago. Did you? Yes. Oh, I thought I did. No, I oh. plugged it. I just saw that it was in the plugs from three weeks ago yes. and I started watching it about then. Yeah. So. Cause I was, I was plugging how good season two is. That's right. I think you plugged it. I'm like, Oh, I should go ahead. I did. I, I did so, plug it. I should watch this and I have been. It's so good. Well, there you go. A double recommendation for DuckTales from yes. us. Um, and then one other plug I'm going to put in and it's an article I sent you and I think it might be interesting to our listeners for those who care about all of our like nonstop talking about streaming stuff. Um, but it's a, an article from this website called Electronic Frontier Foundation. And the, uh, the title is Streaming is Laying Bare How Big ISPs, Big Tech, and Big Media Work Together Against Users. And I do highly recommend reading it if you want to understand like some of the stuff we're constantly alluding to in terms of the, the, the complexities of how... Um, the streaming platforms work with internet service providers and these like mega media conglomerates and why we're always like very cynical about it. And it, it essentially uses HBO max as the primary example of how like the problem with that is, is that it is owned by an internet service provider in the form of AT&T, mm-hmm. which means that AT&T can do some like slightly shady things to try and incentivize people to use that service or overplay its, use and how like how much viewing it's getting yeah um in a, in a, a not very helpful way at the end of the day for users so it's it's a really short article too it's not particularly long and it, it, it's really nice about making its point very like quickly and succinctly um but it will much better elaborate on why that sort of stuff is a little bit complex and problematic than we ever do absolutely so oh quick parallel to that mm-hmm. um with hbo max um they lost the harry potter's for yeah. some reason, they are now on Peacock for free. Yep. If you want to go watch the Harry Potters. Yep. 
Yeah, because I think Universal already had like a streaming partnership yeah. on that. It's 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 yeah. asinine. So add that to your to your Halloween list. Yeah, I watched uh, Sorcerer's Stone again. Yes, which I guess. Uh, I guess if you're watching them for free, it's less likely that J.K. Rowling's making money off. I mean, of she's it. already made the money, so. Yeah, but because like that's a thing that I know a lot of people are, are kind of doing right now is like they're actively protesting against the the new game that's coming out, which mm-hmm. which as a Harry Potter fan looks good, but like I won't get it. And also, people are um, not buying the Harry Potter Lego sets, or if they do, they're like offsetting it by making a donation to various like trans organizations. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a really tough place to be in because I love Harry Potter, but I don't want to give her any more fucking money. There was a, a, an attempted gotcha article with, um, Eddie Redmayne. Oh, where people okay. were trying to say like, Oh, Eddie Redmayne is siding with JK Rowling on, on all of her point of views. It's like, no, that is not what he said. <laughs> he also played and won his Oscar for the Danish girl. Yep. Exactly. So this is not his <laughs> yeah. side of it. Definitely not his side of yeah. things. Yeah, it was basically him saying like, hey, yeah, she's wrong, but like, don't send her death threats because of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe fair. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess, yeah, if, if you're going to watch Harry Potter, better to watch it for free on Peacock than to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then Peacock's getting the money. Great. <laughs> Yay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all terrible. All right, so now that we're done with some plugs, Cameron, what's a, what's your question this week? Let's, let's, I've got let's, a fun let's question. nestle down into our, our Cam's question corner. It's Halloween yes. themed now. It is. There's, Welcome to Halloween. There's spider webs everywhere. There's a, a cauldron bubbling off in the corner there. Blah, 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 Smells blah, good. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, my witch's brew. Ooh. Uh, it is, hold on, it is the sweat of a ghost. It is the hair of, hair of a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And it is a, 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 a tooth of a vampire. Okay. Are the main ingredients. How much vodka is in it? A uh, majority. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these, right. are the, these are the garnishes. Okay, perfect. Uh, They're just skewered through into the tiny little wooden witch's broom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, because most of the DCAU lived outside of our current time frame, except for a handful of static episodes, we didn't get nearly as many holiday-themed episodes as other cartoons at the time. Mm-hmm. So with that... I tasked you, Chris, to write your own Halloween-themed episode for one of the DCAU shows. Yes. What did you pick, and how are they celebrating Halloween? Okay. Yeah, because you sent this to me last night, and my first thought was, fuck, this is a lot of work. <laughs> so I, I did put some thought into it this morning, because I was, I was trying to think of, okay, what show would I want to do? And probably not surprising most people, I went with Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Because... I feel like that is one show we could actually get a trick-or-treating element in. I was trying to figure that out. Yes, I agree. So the the kind of loose idea I came up with was that uh, Terry has to take Maddie out for trick-or-treating. Yep. Which I think, one, would be cool because it would get us a chance to see, like, what trick-or-treating in Halloween could look like in that future. Like, what do costumes look like? Are they, like, old-fashioned? Are they holograms? Like, I, I felt like it was a cool way to just dive into, like, a, a little pocket of that universe and explore it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of figured that Spellbinder would be good. I, I, was, I was thinking, yeah. Spellbinder would be a good vision, like, a, a good villain to throw in there. Like, I don't know, he's doing something to trick trick-or-treaters into thinking that they're actual monster or something like that. But it, it, without going too far into an actual, like, specific plot... The general idea was like Terry is responsible for taking Maddie trick or treating while having to like fight Spellbinder as Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't know, you could like have a moment in there where like he's caught and he like convinces Maddie that he was just dressing up as Batman for Halloween or something like that. Yeah, that's good. Which I think would be a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's funny because I had a very similar episode oh, yeah? written. Yes. So I, I had I had a couple. Um, I initially wanted to do a static episode. Okay. But then I realized or remembered that in Jimmy, that's the whole premise of the episode pre gun violence is it's them setting up a haunted house inside the community center Yeah. Uh, until he pulls a gun out. Yes. So that idea uh, left. I guess you could also argue that, like, Perchance a Dream is kind of a Halloween-y episode. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but I also I did also write uh, Terry has to take his little brother trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a BTOS episode idea, which was a similar concept. Okay. Because I looked it up, and, and you know, Robin... Or Dick joins when he's nine, nine yeah. slash ten, and so I would love a fl- I, I, my idea for it, and I, it's not fully fleshed out. I don't think it's fully there, but it's a flashback to Bruce having to be a father figure, and he has to take young Dick trick or treating. Oh, okay, yeah. But this is also the night Joker first appears in Gotham. Ooh, that's really interesting. Yeah, and so have something that calls back to that night, and so it's. Robin's reckoning esque, mm-hmm. where they're kind of flipping between the two scenarios. Yeah, uh, where he's like using clues from that night to try and solve a current mystery. Oh, that would be really cool because yeah, we never really see the Joker's introduction into the universe. You know, we we know that he used to be a, an enforcer for the Velestra mob. Mm-hmm. We never actually see his transformation. We never see um, like his first appearance. That would be really cool. Yeah, or. Um, going on a similar take to that, uh, either a Superman episode or a JLU episode that follows Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she wants to go to her first Halloween party. And so she teams up with uh, Barbara. So we have a nice girls, oh, girls yes, night party. Yes. Uh, and it's either a toy man or a scarecrow or both. Oh, okay. And they do yeah. a Calabar's Revenge situation similar to your Spellbinder uh, where they turn people into whatever they're dressed up as. Yeah. Sorry, the what? Cowboy's Revenge. Uh, I'm going to regret asking this, but what is that? Uh, it's a decom, Halloween Town 2, Cowboy's Revenge. I, I kind of figured it was probably Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the first one, they go to Halloween Town. The second one, they bring Halloween Town to the real world. Of course. Calabar is the main villain of the first movie. His son, Cowboy's Revenge, um, tricks Marnie into locking herself into the Gray Place, which is the new Halloween Town. And he turns all humans into their Halloween costumes because he's tired of them mocking the creatures of Halloween Town. Uh, and they have until midnight to reverse the curse. Yep, I did regret asking that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, similar idea to your spellbinder, where now Supergirl and Batgirl have to figure out how to stop whatever is going on with yeah. Scarecrow and or Toyman. I like that. that. That would be a really cool villain combination. Yeah. Too. I feel like two great but often underutilized villains mm-hmm. teaming up are pretty cool. Yeah, and, and very different. Yeah, very, very different. Yeah. Like, Toy Man is not one to team up, I feel like. Yeah, and you can see where Scarecrow could get, like, really impatient with Toy Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. I think, yeah. You know, they, they both have, have legs. We can go somewhere with those. Yeah. If, if any of you have other Halloween ideas or can, can flesh these out better than we have, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, because honestly, I, I tried. I sat down for 30 minutes and I, 
I did my best to try and write a Zeta Halloween episode just to say that I could and I couldn't. They're, they're scary enough to start with. Yes. So. Because I wanted it to just be like, because at the end of every Zeta episode, they had the like, well, what's this thing? It's like, oh, that's a light bulb. Back in the day, they used it to light up their rooms. Isn't that quirky and fun? It was like having a, a tiny sun in your room. And just like an entire episode of that. Yeah. It's a Halloween bucket. People used to eat candy. Yeah. They would fill up a head with sweets. I appreciate your sincere attempts to make a Zeta. I genuinely tried and it just didn't happen. It's amazing that in that show we got a, an Amish episode and not (laughs) a Halloween episode. Yeah. Really quite spectacular. Yes. So, so how would you guys write your Halloween DCAU episodes? Yeah, no, I would love to hear some suggestions there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really interesting because we, we never got them. Yeah. We didn't really get a lot of them. So unless they involved gun violence. Yep. Uh, all right. Well then just got, um, one quick, uh, note from friend here and kind of along the lines of your, your question corner. Uh, so Jake, AKA the Overvoid, on Twitter wrote in to suggest, uh, Game of Thrones written by Dr. Seuss. That's good. From last week's question. That's very good. I think it'd be very, very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just imagine like a retelling of the Red Wedding, but... In, That's what I was trying to imagine. Miracle. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's juice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that'd be super bizarre and fun and funny. I'd mm-hmm. love to see that. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, if you have uh, suggestions for Cameron's questions from last week about uh, books covered by another author, or if you have suggestions for a DCAU Halloween-themed episode, uh, let us know at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, if we're being realistic, uh, Twitter and Instagram is the best place to go. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Maybe I can log in again. Can you give me the login information again? You don't have to log in anymore? <laughs> no, it kicked me off. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I think I have it written somewhere. Okay. Okay, I'll get it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And if you want to see uh, my face, you can find that at Cameron. Nope. Cam Dexter underscore adventures. And if you want to see my art and my failed attempts at Inktober again, you can find that at Cameron Dexter. But you said attempts plural. You've had one. But I've been trying in multiple years. Oh, and every right. year. Oh, I like, oh, okay. The attempts being all the years you've attempted to. Yes. To do Inktober and failed, not your one attempt this year at doing Inktober. Yes. I have one drawing done, and the second drawing is almost done. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the, okay. by the time this comes out, there may in fact be attempts. Yes. I'm trying to draw superhero costumes. Oh, it's cool. It's very hard. Yeah, I imagine, because it's all been done. It has been done. Yeah. But my first one's not bad. Okay. I'll show it to you after this. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Off-air content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week with, of course, some more Justice League. And this time it's going to be, oh, the Brave and the Bold. Oh, we're watching Batman? Yeah. We're, yes. we're going <laughs> to watch take a week all off and watch three some, some... seasons yeah. of the Brave and the Bold. No, this is the uh, the two-part episode featuring Gorilla Grodd. Oh, yes. Some Gorilla Grodd and some Ape City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can talk about my D&D campaign where I try to be a, a, an ape man from Ape City. Cannot, cannot wait for that tangent. My name is Mala Mala Zhang. Of course it was. <laughs> Fucking of course it was. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we'll be back next week with that. And of course, the usual tired, <laughs> frustrated news. And more questions. And more questions. Another another question from Cameron that I'm going to groan at and have to think of an answer for. Yes. 
But thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.